This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Our legal expert, Global News Radio's legal expert, Joseph Newberger from Newberger and Partners. Joseph, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm great, John. How are you? Likewise fine, but a little bewildered here because there's a story out of Washington where the Supreme Court rejected a Maryland man's bid for a new trial based on information uncovered by the hit podcast, Serial. I'm not familiar with the podcast, but I know what uh, is in play here when you've got something which could be on, uh, you know, a documentary series, as we saw with the making of a murderer a couple of years ago. Now this podcast is raising the specter that perhaps this guy uh, had been unjustly convicted or wasn't given the full uh, due course of the law uh, because he's been convicted of strangling a high school classmate back in 2000 and he's serving a life sentence. What are the prospects of uh, a social media type of thing, a podcast, turning around a conviction? Well, it's interesting. You know, because we live in a different era now, we can look at this as investigative reporting, which you would have seen in in prior years done by uh, more mainstream type of media. And although we're very cautious about uh, programs or information we see on social media for very good cause, some of this is very well done and is good investigative reporting. And in, in the case where um, a particular uh, writer or producer takes an interest in a criminal case and does a fairly good investigation of the transcripts and then of what evidence may have been available both to the prosecution and to the defense and raises interesting issues, in, in this particular case, in fact, um, the series didn't raise any comments about the guilt or innocence of Mr. Saeed, but they did raise very interesting questions about how the case was handled and appeared to point to the existence of an alibi witness that wasn't called by the defense, which did lead to the conviction being overturned uh, in 2018. So this type of investigative journalism, if it's done with ethics and appropriately with thorough investigation, I think can be extremely valuable to the criminal justice process. All right. And the young man's name is Adnan Syed, as you uh, referenced. Again, convicted of scrangling a high school classmate he had dated. This is back in 2000. Convicted to a life sentence. And uh, now his lawyers are arguing this is based on the podcast serial that uh, the guy's lawyers failed to investigate this alibi witness, as you say, and that violated his right to competent legal representation. That's an actual right. It is. I mean, both in Canada and the United States, one uh, ground of appeal, or if you're prior to sentencing, to try and vacate a finding of guilt could be ineffective assistance of counsel. And we have that uh, in in both our countries as well as in the Commonwealth. And in some cases, um, an individual lawyer may not be as experienced in defending a murder case as others and, and or may lack certain resources and maybe shouldn't take it on. And if there's ineffective assistance of counsel, then a person's right to a fair trial is severely impacted. And I'm not commenting on, on what this particular lawyer did or did not do, nor do I know necessarily what information she had available about this alibi witness. But there does appear to be an alibi witness which wasn't uh, interviewed or investigated or certainly not. Uh, the evidence was not led at trial, which was serious enough to lead at least the Maryland court to vacate the conviction. So. It's, it's an important right. People need to be defended to the best of a lawyer's ability, and, and lawyers need to be experienced and capable of handling very serious cases. And it is very onerous on a lawyer because they have to investigate uh, the case 
that to the full extent possible, which is looking at whether there's alibi witnesses and all, and, you know, looking at forensic evidence, DNA testing. There's so much to do. Uh, and sometimes it can be overwhelming for certain counsel. Well, in this case, this alibi witness uh, claims she saw Mr. Syed, the alleged murderer, well, I guess the convicted murderer, at the library at the time of the murder, and uh, so that's the alibi. Problem is, she since died, this witness, and uh, where does that leave us? I mean, you know, how is her word uh, going to then be uh, considered credible in a court of law if she's not to be cross-examined, for example? That's an excellent point. I mean, if there was an interview done of the witness at the time, um, then maybe if the, if, the, if the case was overturned and sent back for a retrial, maybe that evidence could be called by simply having the interview go before the jury, but that denies the prosecution the right to cross-examination, which goes back to the issue of how important it was to call this evidence at first instance. Um, and the person has died, and and in this case, it looks like that the uh, there was another appeal court that overturned the acquittal and reinstated the conviction, and now the Supreme Court has said they're not interested. But the idea was that it's not likely that calling of this um, alleged alibi witness would have ex- would have uh, changed the outcome of the case. So I guess we'll never know. So Joseph, when uh, they say that this alibi witness uh, not being called violated. Syed's right to competent legal representation. Who determines whether it's competent or not? Well, that's up to the court. I mean, you know, the lawyers who'd be arguing the appeal for the accused um, would uh, put together uh, their facts uh, in the form of a factum, which would then um, reflect in the transcript. So they'd reference the transcripts of the trial and point to particular areas where there may be deficiencies. So just speaking hypothetically, if there's uh, some technical evidence which is adduced about where this individual might have been at a particular time, let's say it's cell phone records um, through cell towers, was this challenged? If it's not challenged at all, why? And that could be a reason that that the lawyer didn't know how to challenge it. Let's say there's um, a witness who's a key identification witness and was poorly cross-examined about the frailties of identification evidence, then that could also lead to ineffective assistance of counsel. So there's all sorts of ways that the uh, defense lawyers on the appeal could point to evidence and uh, questioning in the transcript uh, to point out ineffective assistance of counsel. And, you know, also issues about failing to investigate or call an alibi witness. And I think in this case, there's also issues about, uh, in fact, I was mentioning it, challenging questionable cell phone location data used in the trial. And so there can be, you know, a great number of ways to do this, but in other respects, it may be that the evidence that was um, presented at the court and the examination and cross-examinations done were sufficient to reach the threshold of competence. So you really got to rely on the transcripts. With Joseph Newberger, uh, Global News Radio's legal expert, let me just ask you a couple of quick questions here uh, while I've got a moment, Uh, because this is a bid for a new trial based on information uncovered by the hit podcast Serial. Uh, So it's just a new trial, but let's say uh, the man had been exonerated and somebody had found some evidence to uh, condemn him, or at least, you know, to uh, make it look like he was, it's called double jeopardy, I believe. Do we have that law in Canada? Well, we do. You, you, we do have double jeopardy, but um, there is a right of the Crown to appeal an acquittal all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada in Canada, um, if granted leave to appeal. Um, in the United States, the, the prosecution doesn't have the right to appeal an acquittal, and so if evidence comes out later on that is very damaging 
uh, to the innocence of that individual, their hands are tied. But in Canada, there are mechanisms available to appeal. But once the appeals are exhausted, the person can't be retried. So there is there is a double jeopardy principle in Canada. I see. And finally, uh, in the case of a Supreme Court where maybe they, uh, as you said earlier, aren't interested in hearing a case, in Canada we see that on a... Uh, they don't even have to give you a reason why they just reject it outright. Uh, how do you find that? I mean, is that something that makes sense legally? You mean rejecting the appeal? Well, yeah, or just the, if the Supreme Court doesn't want to hear a case right. in Canada... Uh, they don't have to give you a reason for it, and they do oftentimes reject, I mean, because they've got a full docket, right? Right. Well, so there will be a leave to appeal application, and there will be very short reasons from the Supreme Court if they're rejecting it. And it's usually based on a fairly good reading or review of the uh, appellate court um, material and the factums presented to the Supreme Court. So although there's not um, a long sort of written decision on it, there is some reasons and, and, you know, in Canada, I have to say, you know, our courts, generally the appellate courts, do a very good job of review and granting the right to appeal on cases where there is merit. All right. Let you go on that note. Always valuable uh, spending time with you, and I, I appreciate your insights, Joe. Well, thank you very much, John. Take care and have a great show as usual. All right. You have a good afternoon. You too. Joseph Newberger, again, is a Global News Radio's legal expert. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.